podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. A rock band that I, I like and occasionally listen to, uh, they're called Switchfoot. Uh, they've been around for a while. I've seen them a number of times in, in concert. Well, one of their longtime guitarists is, is leaving the band. And uh, through social media, they were able to express their processing to their online community. They're, uh, they're, they're sad. They're, they're kind of grieving this, this loss. The guitarist, he, he wants to split ways, you know, go in a new direction. And so they're expressing to their fans, their, their community base, uh, what they're going through. Now, here's the thing. If it wasn't for social media, I probably wouldn't have interacted with this news. I probably wouldn't have even come across this, this news. Uh, even if I would have, it would have been just dry data kind of thing. But through social media, I actually got to hear John Foreman of Switchfoot articulate uh, what they're going through. Now, uh, the reason why I start like this is, is because when I was doing sermon planning a number of months ago around, around Christmas time, I, I scheduled out until about uh, end of February, early March. And I had picked, okay, February 27th is going to be a topical Sunday. For whatever reason, I picked social media. Like, that was the topical issue to go after. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't sold on it. It was just in pencil. Uh, and then I was like, eh, probably, I'll probably change my mind and we'll do something else. Uh, but here we are. It's the 27th, and we have a topical message on social media and the Christian. Now, as a, a disclaimer here, uh, today will not be comprehensive. Uh, I'm not here to explain it all. I'm not here to complain about it. I'm not here to uncritically promote it either. What we're going to do today in the soup that we call social media, we're going to get our ladle out and we're going to ladle up some social media soup and take a look at some of the chunks. Uh, we can't explore it all today. But, you know, social media, it, it is a tool in our modern toolbox. And for those who aren't engaged in social media, well, I still hope today is meaningful and educational for you. A foundational question that I want to ask this morning is, 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 okay, how should we be thinking about social media? How should we be thinking about this? My, my prayer is that today can conform us, can, uh, can educate us, but maybe there's, there's something we can hear today that will help us to understand a little bit more about social media. So what we have for today, we're going to define it, we're, gonna, we're going to communicate some realities about social media, we're going to take a look at some passages that I found that, that perhaps might give us some framework how to be Christian content makers, some application, and then finally just simply ask, okay, what can we hope for after we get through all of this? Okay? So again, a topical message, and I'll, I'll just be, I'll be real. These kind of messages, sometimes I don't like to preach them because there's so much you could cover. There's so many different angles we could approach uh, a, a topical message uh, like, like this today. Uh, but first, let's let's define it. Let's define it. What is it? Social media is an electronic, internet-based technology that facilitates the sharing of ideas, thoughts, 
information through virtual networks and communities, all right? So it, it's a tool, it's an electronic tool that, that helps us to connect with others. We can share content, make content, consume content. And so this happens through websites and applications. Now, when we're talking about technology and social media and stuff like this, researchers actually look back to May 24th, 1844, when Samuel Morse sent a text message from Baltimore to Washington, D.C. That's Morse code, of course. But that changed everything. Now the world gets to experience what fast communication looks like. And so the world starts to change with Morse code. And of course, through the 20th century, uh, technology continues to improve. We get radios and televisions and the microchip, computers, the internet. Fast forward all the way to the late 1990s, and this is when we really start to see America getting online. The early forms of of social media, it was these things called weblogs, or simply just blogs. In 1997, AOL Instant Messenger came about. Instant Messenger, we can send messages instantly over the internet. 2003, it was MySpace. 2004, it was Facebook. 2005, YouTube. All right, you can see the, it's like once a year, there's, there's a big platform coming out. And then, of course, there's, there's others like LinkedIn, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, Twitch, TikTok, and so on and so on. And so basically, over the last 15 years, 15 years or so, social media has grown and it's become a dominant feature in our lives. As a millennial, okay, I, I do remember a time in my life where we didn't have internet. But just to share my experience in my lifetime, what I've seen is technology get faster and faster. I, I've seen it blossom, grow, and improve. According to Pew Research Center, let's go back to 2005, about 5% of American adults were on social media. Fast forward to 2021, 72% of American adults Use at, least, uh, use at least one social media site. And so today, 7 in 10 adults in the United States use social media. About half the world uses social media. The average person spends 144 minutes on social media. That's the average. To me, that sounds very high, but that is the average. So my point so far is this. This is a reality that we cannot ignore. Social media is a force in our lives. It's in our electronic landscape. It's in our culture. It's, it, it shapes our anthropology. And again, there, there's so much to say about social media. But what are some of the things that we should communicate? And again, this, this message isn't comprehensive. I cannot cover everything. Uh, I'm sure there, there might be certain topics, certain angles that you might be interested in, in learning more that you want to hear from this morning, and we simply can't get to it today. But you know, our, our world is searching. We have a searching world. We have restless generations, and more and more, they're getting online. 
And what we do know is, uh, just to start somewhere, uh, social media, it does affect our mental health. And there's studies that, that link to our adolescence. Social media and, and, and the struggle of, of, uh, in, in our adolescence. And, and there's links to rising numbers and teen suicide. Social media goes after our mental health and affects us. It goes after our emotions and it stirs us up. Jealousy, comparison, depression, isolation, all these things can get triggered by just reaching for your phone, your tablet, doing a couple scrolls, and then your emotions get, get fired up. It's not all bad emotions. Uh, we, we feel connected. We could feel uh, like a sense of belonging to some sort of online tribe that, that we're a part of. It can, there's joy and fun. Perhaps you have a, a sibling or a cousin or a niece somewhere who just had a baby, and they live halfway across the, the country, and you get to see baby photos. Social media can bring us together. And then there's psychologists who look into this thing called priming. Priming. It's, it's where we are influenced without even noticing it. Okay? And so I think this is an example of priming. So sometimes I'll be whistling or singing a tune at home, and then five minutes later, my wife is whistling or singing that, that same song, Unbeknownst to her, she has no idea where that came from. All right, she heard it, she she picked it up, and she started to repeat it. Okay, how this works in social media is um, so. If we're having a conversation about cleaning, you might you might fill in the gap there. You might you might think, oh, um, that's that's soap. Again, context, stimulus. You're responding to it. You're gonna, you know, you're being primed to think a certain way. But if we've been talking about cooking, your brain's not going to be primed to say soap. You're going to say soup. Okay. So there's these, you know, not a psychologist, but you know, that's that's a part of it. Okay. Responding to uh, stimuli. You know, sometimes we see stuff and we're retaining information that we're not even realizing. Uh, we're retaining. So priming is a thing that's happening with social media. Something to be aware of. Next, um, this is perhaps uh, more well known. Uh, in an article I was reading by uh, an, a journalist named Ayad Akhtar, he, he wrote about social media companies doing digital surveillance. Okay, Our online behavior is being Watched. Our our information is digitized. It's it's collected. It's cataloged. There are watches today that record your breathing rate at nighttime. I guess if you have those settings turned on. So think about that. Even our breathing rates at night are being digitized into information. Now, to be fair, that could be a really cool thing or a good thing if if. It picks up an early, you know, medical problem that hey, you stop breathing at 3 a.m. You know that that's important information to know. But on the surface level, the more we get plugged in, right? The more we get plugged in, the more our lives, everything about us, gets digitized. It's infer information information here. Our behavior is watched. Okay, it's commodified, and so. Um, 
for instance, you know, social media companies, they're, they're looking for something called adhesiveness, one article says. They want you to stick around. The deeper that you scroll, uh, the more videos that you watch, the more information that they collect, curated ads are going to come your way, uh, more information is coming your way, you're going to be primed. Um, this, is, this is what they want. Adhesiveness. They want you to keep scrolling. Just scroll a little bit more, a little bit more, go down the rabbit hole a little bit more. Sometimes we're like we're super aware of this and we keep scrolling, right? There's this thing called the algorithm. Won't explain it today because I can't, don't understand it. But there's just there's there's these rules that that determine what we see. The algorithm. Just keep scrolling. Just keep scrolling. And then there's these things called bots. These are programs that are uh, th- that are programs that are programmed <laughs> to to perform automated tasks. Now they're not all bad. Uh, these programs organize the internet. They scan the internet. They catalog it. They they help help make it make sense. Okay, but bots can be bad. About fifty percent of internet traffic are these. These bots, right? And again, they're not all bad, but certainly they can be programmed to be jerks. And so we have these things online that aren't people, they're just programs, but they're programs that are bad, <laughs> to be jerks. And, and did you know that 48 million Twitter accounts are actually these bots? One research article estimates somewhere between 9 and 50% of tweets are fake. Okay, so nowhere, as far as I can think of, or, you know, nowhere in history has humanity dealt with such large scale artificiality. Let's move on next here. Social media, it impacts our conversational life. When we meet face to face with people, we act a certain way. In conversation, we process and we vent, we listen, we grumble. We read body language. We can hash things out. We can cool off. We can find solutions. In person, we act a certain way. However, when we get online, it's like all of a sudden we we change. You might be well aware of this. People behave differently online. One One author talks about relational cues. Like, we need that. In person, we, we're able to read body language, but online, relational cues are taken away, nuance is taken away, context is stripped away. So what happens, and again, you might be super well aware of this, is that we have these really complicated issues that get reduced down to simple talking points, or even reduced down even further to these things called memes. All right? Again, we, we, we strip out all the nuance. I had a, a professor who said, ah, social media, that's where nuance goes to die. Okay? You may have noticed on social media, people are quick to do public shaming. This isn't new in history. There's the, the stocks that people used to wear in the public square. The book, Scarlet Letter, that's about public shaming. Um, dunce caps I don't even know like I know what it is but like why 
dunce caps were a thing, but again, a form of, of shaming. And this, this article that I was reading, they, they were saying how, like, okay, whether it's good or bad, right or wrong, that's, that's not the conversation. But shaming, that, that sense of public shaming, that there is sort of like a sense of, like, we want to restore you to the community. And so we're going to publicly shame you so that you don't do it again. But there is sort of this, okay, when we're all done with it, you're going to be restored back to community. Social media public shaming. Yeah, people say dumb things online. Then the online community comes at them, and perhaps this person changes their mind and, and, and all of that. Public shaming. People are quick to pull that, that trigger there. But then they, they can take it even further, as we have seen, to public attack. And this is where, like... We dehumanize the other. In history, Nazi Germany famously, you know, did this. Concentration camps had these things called badges of honor. No, excuse me, badges of shame. <laughs> badges of shame. You're not a person. You are. You are this. And so, two academics from Temple they they talk about these public attacks. It's where the online other is considered an outsider. And you know what? There, there's, no, there's no consideration, no concern for communal restoration. It's us versus them. They're not a person. Attack, attack, attack. Very ugly things are said online. And so besides the priming, the bots, being nasty online, there's a lot of false information online too. You know, Google's uh, mission statement is this, to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. Now, that's nice. You know, Google made going to school a whole lot easier. You know, growing up, being able to have access to Google. You know, a lot of you didn't grow up with Google. You had to go to a library. Like, or, you know, <laughs> Right? Google, like I, I got to grow up with Google. It made research, education so much better. That is a nice mission statement, but two scholars give a warning to this because not all data are the same. True info is data. False info is data as well. And they say this. The problem is that me, you, we, we do not have the time or the capacity to actually judge through all of this information that is available to us. And there's parts of social media, again, where they, they fail to put that information in any context, and, and social media companies are okay with this because they're catering to you, the individual, all right? They just want you to keep scrolling. Who cares if the information isn't isn't really the best, you know? Again, they make money going after your preferences. And so when it comes to judging information, you carry the burden of making that judgment call. You get to play the expert. And again, as we have seen, that is dangerous in a world where everyone else online is the expert as well. And just because you have access to information, that does not mean you have 
wisdom. Ayad Akhtar, again, writer, journalist, he, he says, While the way to wisdom leads through knowledge, there is no path to wisdom from information. Information is not the beginning of wisdom. How you guys doing? A lot there, right? And we could go on and on. We could talk about uh, boredom and addiction and uh, cyber warfare. You know, that's going on currently with, with Russia and, and misinformation, dif- disinformation. There's, there's these uh, people called trolls. There's hackers. Um, we could talk about how um, when we're sitting in a room with other humans and we're on our phones and we're neglecting presence. Okay, there are so many different things we could be talking about. But let's move on. How, how do we communicate biblically about this? And this can be more challenging because social media isn't in the Bible. It's checked. It's, it's, not, it's not in the back of you know, the index. Okay? This topic requires a week-long seminar. It really does. Many angles, right? So in my humble study times, I was led to three passages. And perhaps... You know, this can help us think about social media as, as a tool. You know, there is artificial intelligence there. Social media is a tool. But still, we are people. And just like any tool, we need to know how to use it. And we need to know when it's using us. But anyways, here's, here's my goal for us today. It's, it's to grow into this, to be spirit-filled people who craft well online with God-given wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And so I just, I really do value and and see this this thing called social media. It is a tool. It's a tool that we can learn how to use. Some tools are dangerous. We need to learn how to use it. We need to understand it. The first passage I was led to is in Exodus 31. God is giving Israel uh, these instructions for building the tabernacle and and, and all all the furniture, all the articles there. Verses 1 through 5 read, See, I have chosen Bezael, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Now, you may have noticed he wasn't filled with the spirit to work social media, but God fills this, this person, Bezalel, God fills him with the Holy Spirit. An Old Testament example of being filled with the Holy Spirit. God gracefully gives him these special gifts of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, to have all these skills to craft these beautiful artifacts for God and his people. And I want you to see that the head words here. Knowledge. Knowledge in the Hebrew sense is both information, but it's also experience. Understanding is the insight of what you know. It's the ability to think things through. Wisdom is the application 
of knowledge. It's, it's intelligence there. And so the Spirit of God is upon this person, Bezael, to craft well, to make beautiful things. Bezael, in the hands of the Holy Spirit, he, he crafted well. And the basic point is this. The Spirit can guide us in our ability to make good artifacts, to, to craft well. The second passage I was drawn to is Isaiah 11, 1 through 3. It's a prophetic message about Jesus, who was filled with the Spirit. Jesus was filled with wisdom. Jesus was filled with understanding and knowledge. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Jesus is a better example than Bezael. Jesus was also a craftsman, so that's cool. But of course, you know, Jesus is divine. But as Philippians teaches us, Jesus emptied himself. Jesus is, is a person. He is a human. He's a, he's a man who is filled and he operated in the power of the Spirit. And of course, the good news for us is, if we're in Christ, we have the same Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is our, our guide. The Spirit points us to Jesus. Now, in this information age, and there is so much out there, there is so much we don't know because we can't know. But what we can know is Jesus. We can know the redemptive story of God. We can know all about Jesus. And we can know enough to follow him and we can spread his love we can spread his joy jesus says we are the light of the world and we can be spirit-filled people who use this tool of social media to craft beautiful things and use it well online social media use it in a way that is worthy to worthy of the lord and this was paul's prayer for the church in Colossae. Well, not quite. Paul wasn't praying about social media, but the third passage I want to take you to is Colossians 1, 9-10. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And again, we see the three head words here. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding from the Spirit. Okay, it's not data acquisition, but it's the Spirit that gives us knowledge, wisdom, understanding, so that we can apply it to our lives. And even now, in this day and age, you know, we didn't get to pick the time period we were born in. We have this tool called social media. Can we live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way? In this online world that so often degrades and diminishes personhood, can we be the opposite of that? Can we be people filled with the spirit of life? The spirit of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And so if you're on social media, okay, I know some of you aren't, and that's okay. In fact, that might be a good thing. 
Is your social media life worthy of the Lord? Is it pleasing in every way? Do you do good works online? Does it bear fruit? So what applications can we, we make? And I first, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot we could go off of here. But I, I want to, you know, it's called social media. So I just want to focus on this word social, which comes from a Latin word that means community. A community of people, individuals, the, the person. And I want us to, to start by remembering the, the cross. Our faith, the cross, the empty tomb. You know, Jesus, he, he calls us together as, as a church, and he, he wants us to remember. He, he has this thing called communion, uh, where we are to remember the work of Jesus Christ. Okay, to remember is to uh, remember, and, and it's this operation of, of memory. All right, And what, what we are remembering, we are remembering the work of Jesus Christ. But it's also, as it's found in the word communion, we are remembering our connectedness to others. Okay, John 3.16, right? Our God died violently with outstretched arms for everyone. God drew a circle around the whole earth, and he says, okay, I, I love this world. I'm dying for them. Okay. Social media makes it easy for us to write people off, to dehumanize the other. And so we, we need to, to check ourselves there. Remember our connectedness to others. Social media, um, you know, sometimes just, just how, it, it, how it works, it can trigger, trigger us so quickly. It's easy to react and and lash out without thinking. You know, we, we post or we share or whatever the case may be, and it's we're not really thinking as spirit filled people. And two scholars uh, from from Temple they, they they offer four points as we engage online. I say you know, and this also applies to normal conversations too, but. Regulate your emotions. Do your homework. Communicate effectively. Keep your goal in mind. Okay, so we could probably spend a long time hashing that out, but those are the, the four points that they offer. Slow down. Communicate effectively, which means taking care of our words. Okay. Marilyn McIntyre, uh, she, she strongly points out that language is so important. And she, she talks in, in, in her book, Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies, uh, she talks about how conversation used to, be, used to mean more. Okay? It's like we, we've lost the art of conversation. Conversation fosters community. It's to dwell in a place with, with others. Conversation, it, it used to be a life-sustaining practice. So another way to put it, you know, taking care of our words, that's, that's not separate from caring for others. Where we are slow to post, <laughs> slow to comment, quick to listen, slow to anger. 
And remember, you have the Spirit of Christ in you. So lean into that Spirit, church. Take a moment uh, to check your old creation and let your new creation shine. All right? Trust. Rest. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with the knowledge of God's will through all wisdom and understanding. Ask the Spirit to help you craft beautiful things online. As you make those artifacts, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You're filled with the Spirit, right? Like, like use that tool well. Ask the Spirit in a prayer request to help you craft beautiful things. Make, make things good and beautiful. And perhaps also, the action is to disengage. There are things called social media fasts. Social media detox. That's a thing. And maybe God is saying to you today, hey, you know what? You need to set some, some limits, boundaries. You need to disengage for a while. Maybe that is, is your takeaway today. And certainly there, there's so much more we could explore and get into. But in closing here, what can we hope for? In light of all of this, what can we hope for? Social media isn't going away. In fact, it's just going to evolve and become even more complex, maybe even more scary. <laughs> Virtual reality and who knows what, what's around the corner? Who, who, really, who really knows? But it's not going away. It's going to continue to change. It's going to impact our lives. But I believe there is hope. Hope is found creative and redemptive spirit of Christ which moves inside of us to redeem and create social media content or any content that we're, we're making these days when we craft beautiful things that reflect the heart of God to a searching world. 